It's time now for 15 Minutes of Faith, practical application of God's timeless truth for today, with your host, me, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan. So let's get started with 15 Minutes of Faith. Whether you like it or not, you have influence. Thank you for joining us here today. This is 15 Minutes of Faith and the series on Ministry at Work, Finding Your Purpose and Impacting the Workplace, One Opportunity at a Time. I am your host, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan, the church with the sign right out there on Salzburg Avenue. And I'd like to have you join us sometime for a service. We meet Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for Sunday school and 11 a.m. for the morning service and Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. We also meet on Wednesdays for our Bible study and prayer meeting. All are welcome, and we have opportunities for all ages. So come on out and join us on 710 Salzburg Avenue right there in Bay City, Michigan. And right now here on 15 Minutes of Faith, we're continuing on our series Ministry at Work, and we're watching the life of Daniel. And so far, Daniel, again, has walked worthy of the Lord, not because of who Daniel was, but because of his faith in God. Remember, Daniel purposed in his heart, and that's what we need to do as well, his purpose in our heart. Uh, Daniel purposed that he would not defile himself with the king's meat, but that was based on a biblical principle, and that's where we purpose our hearts, are on the basis and principles of God's word. God's word is all-encompassing. Some people will say, Well, it's an old book. It doesn't know about today's day and times. That is not true. The Bible is just as relevant today as it ever will be. It is ever so relevant, and it applies to all aspects of life. And we're going to look at that as we're in Daniel chapter 3, and we see something interesting taking place. We left off at the end of the chapter as Daniel had stepped in through faith in God, and he interpreted the dream for Nebuchadnezzar, And at the end, we see Nebuchadnezzar falling upon his face and worshiping Daniel and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odors unto him. And the king answered unto Daniel in chapter 2, verse 47, and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. Now, it doesn't seem as though Nebuchadnezzar necessarily has it nailed down. We'll talk about that in just a moment, but... At the same time, we see a man, Daniel, walking in faith and standing before a very powerful king that really could have, in essence, taken his life. But instead, the man is bowing down, unfortunately, to Daniel, which I'm sure Daniel knew was not the correct thing to do. But at the same time, he is breaking the ice with Nebuchadnezzar. But we see at the end of chapter 2 that Daniel does something else. In verse 48, we see Daniel begins to be promoted yet again. It says, Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. Again, with ministry at work, we see that sometimes as you uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding and all your ways you acknowledge God and he will direct your paths, sometimes that does lend itself to promotion. 
Not all the time. Remember, these lessons are not a get-rich-quick or a get-promoted-quick kind of endeavor. These lessons are about trusting in God and being content where he has you, but at the same time glorifying God and expanding his kingdom uh, through being obedient to him and seeking for opportunities to share, ultimately, eventually, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And really, that's what Daniel is doing, is sharing the gospel of who God is. But we see here, as he is promoted, he still remains humble, and we see that in verse 49. Then Daniel requested of the king, and he set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat at the gate of the king. And that's the idea here, is that Daniel remembered who has been there with him along for the ride. And that's the one thing we need to remember, too, is that you have influence. And that's what we're going to talk about today is the influence that Daniel had and then the fact that he remembered that he had that influence. You see, when you're moving forward with God, be sure to take some people with you. Uh, when you're going through these endeavors and you're growing in the Lord, there's people that are around you that are watching and that could benefit not from you, but from what God is doing in your life through your testimony. And we see that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These guys have been uh, part of the scene, maybe in an essence in the background up until this point. And yet now we see that as they are walking along with Daniel, or Daniel is bringing them along with him, uh, they're going to be in a position of elevation as well. And that's one thing we would do well to remember in our workplace is as we impact people, as we have an influence on those around us, let's not forget them. Let's not uh, just cast them off as has-beens or just another step in the ladder. No, uh, you have an opportunity, and that's really what transforms a workplace, what could really change a culture if you really want to look at it that way. And again, that might seem kind of far-fetched, but you wouldn't be surprised. And in essence, in essence, Daniel is changing the culture of where? Babylon. And remember, that wasn't his endeavor. As they were carrying him from Jerusalem to Babylon, he didn't have dreams and aspirations or delusions of grandeur where he says, you know what, I'm going to go there and single-handedly change the culture of Babylon. No. He just said, I'm going to trust in God, and God's going to put me in positions to be obedient, and I'm going to obey. But at the same time, just remember to bring people with you because, as we've already stated, people are watching, whether you want them to or not. They are watching to see, especially if they know you're a Christian. And let me ask you this. Do your coworkers know that you're a Christian? Uh, does that mean you need to blast through the doors of work tomorrow morning or afternoon or whenever it is that you work and say, listen up, everybody, I have an announcement to make? Yeah, maybe if that's what God tells you to do. Or maybe you just need to start letting your words or your conversation or better yet, your actions demonstrate the gospel of Christ. And uh, that one way or another, they will find out that what? There is something different about you because they are watching. And if they don't know, they should know. Somehow, some way, you need to let them know where you stand and that you are a representative, or as the Bible says, an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And as they know that, they will be watching you. When they see the boss lose their cool, uh, they're going to see how the Christian responds to the situation. When others want to maybe cut out of work early, they're going to see how the Christian responds in this situation. Remember a situation one time I was at work, I had a coworker that suggested I watch a particular television program that I had not known about, but this show was very vulgar and very violent. This individual knew what I was about, but yet said, hey, you should check out that show. 
Unfortunately, I took him up on it and, and looked at it, and not for very long. It wasn't very long at all, and I turned it off very quickly. And the next day, he came and said, hey, did you watch that show? And I just told him, I said, you know what? That's a little bit too much for me. That's something that I should not be watching, so I'm not going to watch it. No confrontation. There was an understanding there, and part of me wonders if perhaps that was a test. But nonetheless, when you're in the workplace, people are watching. They'll say, you know what? Why, why is he doing that? I thought, what? He was a Christian. And some of us might be thinking, that's not fair. No, it's fair. Uh, we wear the cross of Christ. Uh, we have great uh, uh, responsibility with the blood of Christ being shed for us and on us and the salvation and sanctification we have through Jesus Christ. People are watching whether you want them to or not. How about this? People are watching whether you know it or not. I remember when I first got saved, I was working in a secular place, and uh, I know that uh, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, they tell you, go tell somebody. And, and I was excited, and I wanted to tell people as well. And I remember where I worked, they had some people there that were professing Christians. And I remember going and telling them, hey, guess what I did yesterday? Guess what happened to me? And everybody was excited about that. And then there was another coworker that came up to me and said, hey, I heard about what you did. And I said, yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. And he says, you know what? I'm a believer too. And this was an individual that I'd known for several years, but I had no idea that that individual was a fellow believer. Uh, and, uh, but yet there he was watching me and sharing in my zeal for salvation. So there are those that you may or may not know are a believer or have a past or whatever it may be. They're watching you, whether you know it or not. And I'm not telling you this, that we need to go around being paranoid, but we need to be on guard of our testimony. And that's one thing we can do. Our testimony and our character has more influence than any words or persuasion we think we have in our arsenal. So just keep that in mind as you're moving forward and as Daniel's moving forward. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were there along with him. Uh, I know they had conversations. We know that the time came when he was about to interpret the dream that he went to his friends and asked for prayer, and they took care of that. But at the same time, they continued to watch Daniel, and they were willing to follow. And that's what we see here as we get into Daniel chapter 3 uh, and verse number 1, and it's a very interesting time. Now, I will tell you, we're not going to get necessarily into the story of what's going on or the actual account of what happened to them, because we're going to focus on another thing here in regards to influence. So you have people following you, you have people watching you, and there are those that you will influence and you think you've had a victory with them, but also there's going to be ups and downs. And that's what we see with Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, as we saw at the end of chapter 2, there he was uh, bowing down to Daniel, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, and elevating him to positions of influence, telling him that his God is a God of gods. And I'll tell you, our God is the only God, the only one true real God. But nonetheless, he's starting to see the light. But boy, things change very quickly. As we see in Daniel chapter 3, verse number 1, it says, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits and the breadth thereof was six cubits. And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. No sooner was he done bowing down and, and praising the God of God, so to speak, he was building a God himself, himself being the God, building that statue to be bowed down unto. 
And boy, I can only imagine uh, Daniel's plight in looking at that. Here he was thinking he had this wonderful opportunity there at the end of chapter 2, thinking, wow, he finally gets it. He sees the light. He understands who God is. This is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see how Nebuchadnezzar is going to change and, and what this is going to bring. And lo and behold, he turns around and there's a golden statue <laughs> built up in his likeness to his image to be bowed down to at the threat of what? Of death. Uh, one minute we see Nebuchadnezzar praising God. Next, he's building a statue. And that can sometimes can be disheartening. And I'll tell you that as, as you're working with people, and again, that's what it's about. And you might be thinking, I'm not a people person. I don't want to deal with people. I'll tell you this. I'm glad Jesus Christ wanted to deal with people. I'm glad Jesus Christ had not even a place to lay his head, but yet ministered unto those. As Jesus himself said, the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. We have a responsibility as Christians. I know sometimes we want to bury our head in the sand and just be left alone. Chapter and verse, please. Exactly. There isn't one. It says, go ye therefore and preach the gospel. And that is our call. That is what we are to do no matter where God has placed us. We are lights shining in the darkness. And yet when we work with people, sometimes it's going to be frustrating. Uh, we're going to have those victories. We're going to have those that encourage us, those that walk along with us. We're going to have those that uh, see the light and eat the light and be the light and do all of these different things. But then we're going to have some ups and downs. We're going to have Nebuchadnezzar moments where you're going to talk to that individual at work where he's going through a hard time, maybe tears in his eyes, and he's ready to get his life right and turn things around. And he comes to you and asks for advice. Uh, only to see not too much later that he forgot everything that you guys had talked about and he goes back to his old wicked ways. And you know what? It's not for us to judge or to, to condemn or any of that. We just need to continue to pray and stay consistent. And a part of having influence is about having patience, but it's also about having compassion, understanding where they're coming from, understanding the position they're in. Remember, compassion says, when you hurt, I hurt. And that compassion will lead us to having perseverance. And that's what we're seeing so far with Daniel. He's passed every test. He's trusted in the Lord and God is continuing to elevate him. He's had influence on Nebuchadnezzar. He's got those that follow him. And next week, we're going to take a look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, and how they respond to the Lord their God, how they respond to Nebuchadnezzar in a time of crisis as many are watching them, just as maybe a few are watching you. So let's think about that as we move forward, that really ministry at work is about people. It's about having an impact and having an influence on them. So I trust this lesson was an encouragement to you today, and I hope you will tune in next week and continue on growing in the Lord. But until then, stay faithful.